Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today, we're talking about the five love languages at home with our spouses and our families. And why, you may ask. And I'll tell you this. You can be a great Christian in the workplace. You can have a, be a great Christian business owner. You may just be a great Christian employee. But none of that really matters if at home, your marriage is a mess, your kids are a mess, they don't know who you are. It is so important that our home lives reflect our walk with Christ. And so often, because it's easily fulfilling, isn't it, Martha? It's easily fulfilling to do a really good job at work because it feeds us, feeds us, feeds us. But when we go home, we give our second best at home. That's right. And one of the things that we've learned over the years is being intentional is so important. And uh, this is just one of those tools that people can use in their home to be intentional about being there and showing love. You know, one of the things that we learned, you know, I I first taught this subject in our connection group about a decade ago when we first when the book first came out. And it was so remarkable. uh, And this is just what I realized is that you know, I got lucky. <laughs> I got lucky with you. There's no question. Getting you as a wife is the most incredible thing ever that happened to me. But in, as far as speaking in your love language, I we didn't know anything about love languages. I just grew up doing service projects at home. My mom and dad, I, I always loved doing those projects, loved help cleaning up. I just loved doing things. It was just fun. Mostly, I just loved seeing something started and something completed. And so when we got married, I naturally kept doing those things. And so I just got lucky that that happened to be one of your love languages. And so it worked really well. 
Now, I didn't do so well on the other side of it. You know, I was born in New Jersey. Even though I grew up in Minnesota, I still claim that that's the reason why I'm a little abrasive at times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the way you I laugh like that. Then. No, you shouldn't have <laughs> laughed like that. And, and so that was where I missed out a lot because words of affirmation is your other love language. And I did not do a great job of building you up at first in our marriage. And it really wasn't until we started focusing on learning the love languages a decade ago that I realized, wow, I just need to build you up all the time. And that really feeds you. So uh, the listening audience, we're, we're going through this today because you need to understand who, what love languages speak to the people that you have in contact with every day. Now, yesterday we focused on the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, and that's really applying the love languages to work. And we went through all of those. And they're really not much different than what we're talking about today, but they have a little bit different application. At home, in your marriage, it's super important that we talk about these love languages so that when you're showing love to your spouse, whether whether you're the husband and you're showing it to your wife, whether you're the wife showing it to your husband, that you're actually communicating love in something that they understand. Yeah, and it's interesting. Actually, um, Gary Chapman first wrote this book almost 20 years ago, believe it or not. It's been around that long. I wish we'd have gotten it 20 years ago. I know. Wouldn't that have been great? But I love the subtitle that he had on the original book. It was um, The Five Love Languages, and the subtitle was How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. And I think that's really powerful. Today, his um, subtitle is The Secret to Love That Lasts. And although that it's good. It's so definitive when you go back and you say how to express heartfelt commitment, because I'm learning by knowing your love language. I know how to express commitment to you. And it's heartfelt because it may not be the way I was thinking. I wanted to communicate love to you, but it's what you needed. So I've gone out of my way to show you how much I love you by speaking your language. Yeah, And I love all those gifts you buy me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't buy you gifts. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I know that that's not really spe- what speaks to you. It's more out of, uh, it's your birthday, you need a gift. <laughs> it's, it's more out of that shirt you're wearing, Jim. It needs to be you replaced. Need a new wardrobe. All right, now we tried to get Gary Chapman on the show today because it would be really awesome to hear it right from him, but actually he's too busy. <laughs> uh, and, and so we're just going to have to muddle through this ourselves. Now, Martha and I have been teaching the five love languages. Like I said, we started off in our connection group. And then the last four years, we've been going up to Cherokee Cove, Tennessee, and uh, talking and teaching families up there all about love languages because it changes how you treat your spouse, but it also changes how you treat your kids because each one of our children are designed uniquely by God and we need to be able to show love to them in the manner that they can receive it. I mean, the questions that we're asking, we put it on our Facebook post. Do you ever wonder why one of your kids keeps giving you gifts all the time? Mm-hmm. That's right. And and because that child must really be spoken to in the language of gifts. And I, I'm sure we're going to talk about what the five oh, we're languages gonna. are. Um, but one of the things that he says up front is that the five are it. Everybody really is spoken to by one of those five love languages, at least. But, but yeah, you're, the question that we posted was, you know, does you do you have a child that gives you all their little artwork and gives you notes and gives you those things? Usually, that's a good indication of how they see love. Or you may have another child that wants to wrestle all the time. That's right. Wants to sit in your lap all the time, and their language may just be physical touch. Mm-hmm. Or you may have another child that just hangs out with you all the time. No matter where you go, where you go, they're just connected to your hip. Well, quality time is probably theirs. Or uh, what are some other examples? Um, acts of service. A lot of times, you know, it's that child that is quick to take out the garbage 
which that, that might be a <laughs> anyway, miracle in most anyway, households. If you've got a child at home <laughs> that automatically volunteers to do laundry, take out the garbage, I'd like you to call into the studio line today, 855-265-2929. We want to hear about that child. That's right. That would be really good to hear from. <laughs> All right. So here's we got to answer this question before we go to break. I want, why is it a show, a radio show on helping people incorporate their faith in Christ into the workplace? Why are we talking about love languages at home? Well, I think one of the keys is just, you know, we've talked about many times, if your home is in chaos and you don't have a good environment there, it's really hard to go to work and have a good environment. And or you may avoid going home because you're so busy um, being away from that chaos. So this is just one tool to help you in your home, which is your most important ministry. Well, yes. And it's we always try to remind the Christian business owners we're dealing with it because they struggle so much with priorities. Because when you have your own business, it's very mm-hmm. easy to get sucked into that business. And we got to remind ourselves of our priorities. First of all, our, if we're supposed to have our priorities in order, it's our relationship with our Heavenly Father is number one. We should start our day off. We talked a couple weeks ago, starting our day off in our devotional life and our prayer life with our Heavenly Father. Number two, if you're married, your number two priority is your spouse. Notice I didn't say family. It's your spouse. Your number three priority is your family. And then your number four priority is your outside commitment like work. But when it comes to ministries, our number one ministry, if you're married, is to your spouse. Notice I didn't say family. Because your number two ministry is to your children. Your number three ministry is to those other people that are in your workplace. And then it may be some other supplemental ministries that you do. But we've got to keep these priorities straight. And if your life is screwed up at home, then you are not going to be as effective for Christ in the workplace. That's why we're talking about it today. This is a universal principle that transcends every language around the globe and around the universe. Love languages. What's love got to do with it? Everything, mm-hmm. because everybody needs to know they're loved. That's right. That's all I'm going to get? <laughs> that's all you're going to get. All of that. That's I'm all. I mean, all kinds of thoughts. We don't have time to talk to him about him right <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> yes, we, yes, we do. We do. We got time. Oh, okay. All right. So when we come back after these uh, this commercial break, we're going to break down the five love languages, and then we are going to um, actually give some examples and talk about how we can apply these at home. And just talk about, we've got an upcoming retreat that we're doing at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks where we're we're bringing in, we've made openings for 80 families to be able to learn about this and apply it in our homes. As we do each and every day, we're going to highlight a book that we think is going to make an impact on your relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is brought to you always by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. All right, Gary Chapman wrote The Five Love Languages, Martha said, 20 years ago. Marriage should be based on love, right? But does it seem as though you and your spouse are speaking two different languages? The answer to that is yes. <laughs> Dr. Gary Chapman guides couples in identifying, understanding, and speaking their spouse's primary love language by learning the five love languages. You and your spouse will discover your unique love languages and learn practical steps in truly loving each other. This also applies to your children. You can build lasting loving marriage together you need to get this book because we need stronger families in america remember you got to read the book don't wait for this movie movie. 
All right. So one of the things I wanted to bring up about the book that we just highlighted is that it's not just for married people. Um, There are different versions of the book out there. There's one directly for singles. There is a brand new one that's a military edition because they deal with a very different set of issues as far as communicating their love because a lot of times they're separated. Physical touch means a whole different thing when you're in the military. That's a really, you know, really tough to be able to figure those things out. So there's a special edition for that. There's a special edition for men. Apparently, it needs to be communicated differently if men need to understand it. I have not read that one, so I don't know. Um, for children and for teenagers as well. So, depending on where you are and in the workplace. Life. So, the, there's, the, there's the one for everybody. One. Yes. So, there is. So, there's different versions. There's even um, Gary Chapman last year came out with a new children's book that's called Perfect Pet for Peyton. And that one explains it to kids through a picture book. And, and those would be kids who can't read yet. Well, or or no, not just to kids that can't read. There's actually words in the book. I mean, it's not. Oh, well, just I thought the a parents read book. it to them. Okay. Yes, but it helps explain um, through a story about the different love languages and help them to identify with the different character in the book. So. All right. Now, we invited you to call into the studio line. If you have one of those kids whose who's acts of service absolutely astounded you by taking the garbage out without being asked, we didn't get any phone calls. So I would like to invite you to participate in today's discussion, but do it a little bit differently. WTIS has added an extra special way to communicate with me, the, uh, the show host. You can text us during the show. Now, if you're driving your car and you're living in Florida, <laughs> that's illegal. So you have to pull over the car. But you can text Texas during the show to 727-487-9863. Text me a message and then, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll respond to it as soon as I can. Obviously, I'm not going to interrupt my discussion because I'm getting texts because that's just not right. That wouldn't be very good quality time. That would not be quality time with my spouse. (laughs) All right, so text us during the show, 727-487-9863, or you can call into the studio line, 855-265-2929. Okay, Martha, we're talking about the specific love languages. Let's, Let's go through them fairly quickly so we can get on to the rest of the discussion of actually applying this. All right, we got five love languages. Start us off. First one is words of affirmation. And this is actually my number one um, love language. And it basically is um, providing honest, authentic, genuine, unsolicited compliments and positive affirming words of encouragement that can help to improve self-image, things like that. So not just saying, I love you, but saying, I love you because... Um, and listing off some reasons really speaks to somebody who is words of affirmation. Well, like, I love you because you are gorgeous. I love you because you're a fantastic cook. I sure. love you because you're my best friend. There you go. I love you because... He's well-versed in this. He, I, <laughs> because you like sports cars, and so do I. There you go. Even though we drive a minivan and <laughs> a Scion. Right. You, know, you could also say things like, hey, how nice you look today. You know, another People compliment your haircut or your clothing. People never do that to me, by the way. Uh, what a great job you did. Make a big deal about someone's efforts. But here's the key. You're focusing on the other person's successes, strengths, interests, dreams, what they're passionate about. That's the key to words of affirmation. And here's the negative side of that. Words of affirmation people absolutely are devastated by negativity. Mm-hmm. That absolutely sucks the life out of them. So if you, if words of affirmation are your love language, then sarcasm, discourtesy, harsh tones, negative attitudes, and judgment, they deeply affect you. And they draw love energy. They empty out your love tank and leave you hurt. Very, very, not that those things don't hurt everybody else, but some people can let those roll off your back. But people with words of affirmation are their love language. They really need positive, not the negative. 
Yeah, and I think one of the keys with that, too, is that that's why you have to work so hard on the relationship, because it's okay for you to give me constructive criticism. But if I know that I'm loved, I can take that much more um, effectively than if I haven't only been getting criticism and not the words of affirmation. I love you, baby. Thanks. 28 plus years. It's amazing. Amazing. I, I can't tell you, I can't recommend marriage any better than anybody else <laughs> to say, I hope your marriage is as good as mine. Mm. Okay. So the next one, quality time. Now that's my number one, uh, uh, qual- my number one love language. I only had a sip of that Coke, too, on the way over here. <laughs> what the deal is. All right, so quality time is my number one. And really, this is just saying, hey, show someone you love them by just hanging out with them, by spending time alongside of them. Now, let me describe what that looks like. I'm going on a pro- I'm going to do a project at home. Maybe I'm painting the front door, painting the garage door. We have we live in a townhouse. We can't paint our siding because it's vinyl. That'd be weird. So whatever it is, I'm working on a project. I like Martha just to come out. And she doesn't have to help me. Just sit there and talk to me while I'm doing it. Just be with me. I just like it. Or I'm watching some TV. Instead of, you know, Martha's <laughs> acts of services are number one. She she is always doing something. She can't sit still. I like her just to sit down, hold my hand, and watch TV with me or a movie, which we should do that soon. Uh, so it's that's what it is. What it's not is sitting across the table with me, spending time with me, looking at your text messages, looking at your Facebook, looking at your emails. That's not quality time. Right, Sarah? That's our daughter. She has this new... Her friend Aaron keeps saying, that's not quality time when everybody's sitting together looking at text messages. That's not quality time. Yeah, I think one of the keys there is that it's undivided and it's not full of distractions because I know you've said that to me many times. I feel like, okay, if I'm sitting still on the couch but I'm not really into the TV show and so I'm going to look at Facebook, that isn't quality time to you. And I, I can't completely understand that because... We're not talking during a TV show anyway, but that's how you interpret it. But we're not sharing the experience together. I know. All right, so here's here's what's funny. You know, quality time, if your spouse is quality time, this isn't funny, this is actually sad. If your spouse's love language is quality time and you're on the road all the time, mm. you are sucking the life out of your marriage. Yeah. And if quality time is your number one and you're and you're on the road all the time, there's danger there because you're going to end up meeting somebody who pay attention to you on the road. That's not healthy either. Quality time is one of those ones that involves no money. It's just to spend time together. I would love nothing more than to sit with my bride, Martha, on the beach reading books together with an umbrella over me. She's sitting there in the sun. <laughs> I, I just love spending time together. That's all I want to do. I, I, it doesn't cost me anything. Now, I, I could go somewhere else and do that same thing, but why go to somebody else's beach? We live in Indian Rocks Beach. I don't know why we would. Well, and I think one of the things that's um, key to that is as the person who needs to speak that love into you, it's important for me to understand that you can never have too much quality time. Jim Brangenberg is incapable of having enough quality time. It's like it's like the bottomless pit. So it needs to be... In a positive way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Needs, oh, yeah. But I need to realize that. I need to keep on feeding into that because that is something... Um, and he talks about in the book about the love tank. And you need to fill that up. And um, so I, it's a constant... Keep filling that well, left. Why don't you share with the listening audience of your biggest pet peeve after a long weekend together? You will, at the end of the weekend, say, we didn't get enough time together. <laughs> and <laughs> she I know, should have figured that out 28 years ago. I know that that's a positive way of, you know, you're really trying to communicate that you just want more time together. But um, but that's just part of the the 
quality time love language. If I could sing, I'd say I can't get enough of you, baby. But I'm not gonna, <laughs> we're not going to sing. Can't get enough I, of you, baby. You oh yeah, we're not going to sing. Oh, that's right, Michael. I'm not going to sing. Do Save not put us. that song up either. Okay. All right. So there's still three more languages we got to talk about, and we're running out of time. That's right. Okay. So let's 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 start touching on the next one. All right, gifts. Hmm. Okay. Now this is a tough one for you and me. Mm-hmm. Now you you don't mind giving gifts to people. I I like to give gifts. I but, work at a bookstore and a gift store. So. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. She works at Karis Christian Books and Gift, which is located conveniently in the center of Largo. Okay. All right. So gifts, but gifts mean you know there maybe that's like your third love language. It's not mm-hmm. your number one. You like it when I come up with a gift like a card. Um, you don't mind it when I pick out a, a a gift for you occasionally, but it's not. You, but you actually do like gifts a lot, don't you? It's funny because I actually went online, which we're going to tell everybody how to do that. But I went online today and did the test online, and it actually is my bottom. Um, but I do like It's your gifts. bottom gift? Yeah, okay. it's my bottom of my love language gift. Right. Um, I do like gifts, but probably mostly because if you give me a gift that's so not in your norm that you really had to think about me, and that just is sweet. Now, so. Every year, because our... Our anniversary of our first date, your birthday, our wedding anniversary are all so close together. I always buy cards mm-hmm. and they're like $80 worth of cards because <laughs> sometimes I can't just choose one for each occasion. And and that's a gift where I like to write into it. I mean, it's it's something I think through, but it's hard for me to buy gifts. Now, I love to buy you clothes and I know right where I got to go with Kohl's to go buy the right clothes, yeah. candies, the candy section. It's just great. <laughs> that's not food. We're talking a, a brand. It, it's I love to do that, but that doesn't and you love it. And every guy out there is jealous, like, oh, this guy buys his wife clothes. Yes, and they fit when she gets them, too. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of effort for me because gifts mean nothing to me. Yeah. I, I've got everything I need. But I think that's why even you giving me a card means a big thing because you think cards are kind of a waste of money. They are a waste of money, but my daughter hit it home run with two great cards for my birthday. So way that's to go, right. Sarah. <laughs> All right. We're talking about the five love languages at home with our spouses and our families. And we're talking about that today because you need to work if you are a Christ follower in business, whether you're a business, business owner or whether you are an employee, what goes on at home is so important because how it impacts you each and every day at work. And so we're trying to give you some tools that will help make life at home better. So we're talking about the five love languages, but before we get back to that conversation, we are going to start a new segment, which we're going to play every day at the beginning of the bottom of the half hour, the biz, the Proverbs for Business segment. Take it away, honey. That's right. And our Proverbs this week is from Proverbs twenty twenty three. The Lord detests double standards. He is not pleased by dishonest scales. In Micah 6.11, it says, Can I justify wicked scales and a bag of deceptive weights? The question is, do you faithfully give your customers a full measure of your product and service? And so let's think about that. In an era of downsizing businesses with the focus on cutting costs, it may also be tempting to cut corners with our products and services. And unless we have directly cheated a customer, we might even believe that we are following Christian teaching about frugality and wise stewardship by making the most from our investment. However, any time we fall short of fully fully serving a customer or we provide anything less than our best product or service, we have used, in effect, wicked scales. Anytime we fail to fill a cup of coffee or knowingly ship a product that is not first rate or don't make our best effort on behalf of a client, we have measured with deceptive weights. God will not bless such a business. In fact, he warns that you will eat, but you will not be satisfied. You will try to remove, but you will not persevere. And that's in Micah 614. When we give our our best in full measure to our customers every day, God will bless our endeavors and we will dwell in the midst of a fruitful field. 
Again, Proverbs 20, 23, the Lord detests double standards. He is not pleased by dishonest scales. And that's Martha Brangenberg with our Business for Proverbs segment. <laughs> All right, we're back talking about the five love languages with our spouses and our families. And we stopped at the beginning, right before the bottom of the half hours, we stopped talking about gifts. We didn't stop talking about it. We just had to stop because we had, you know, they got to do the news and the weather. Like you need to do weather in Florida. Guess what? Tomorrow it's going to be about 90, partly cloudy with a chance of rain. Guess what it's going to be the next day? The same thing. All the way through October, Mike, I can't believe you got to do the weather forecast every day. <laughs> Those of you that aren't in Tampa, eat your hearts out. It's beautiful here every day. That's right. Okay, so gifts. Now, gifts are things that you give people that are from your heart. But it doesn't, I mean, when we're talking about gifts as a love language, this, it's not the quantity of the gift. It's not the value of the gift. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, it really is. And it's proving that you know the person well enough to give them something that they would like, that you've paid attention to them. Um, and that can come across in several of the other love languages as well. You know, if they have enjoyed doing a certain thing, um, maybe they liked the milk duds at the movie theater. So get them a little box of milk duds sometime just to be because you can, um, but it's knowing them, knowing their likes, knowing what they enjoy, and then acting on that to show them that you've been paying attention. Yeah, we've got friends. Uh, they'll go unnamed. We could say their names because they're probably not listening today. We can get away with it. But <laughs> we've got friends that th- this a good friend of mine who, you know, the recession's been tough here in Pinellas County, Florida. It's been tough all over the country, but it's been really, really, really tough in this county. And this buddy of mine's been working a couple of jobs, and his wife's uh, love language is gifts, and he went a whole year without a solid, steady job. And so he didn't have any extra money to buy her gifts. And that's because he kept thinking he had to buy her bigger and bigger gifts, fancy gifts, blah, blah, blah. He had no money. He had no money for that. And she finally just said, you know, if you just brought home my favorite candy bar every once in a while, that would mean so much to me. Mm-hmm. And the key there was that she helped communicate that. Um, so one of the things that I think we should, we'll talk about it again at the end is help your spouse out with that. You know, if they are struggling, just have an open conversation. Write them a list. These are the go. things that I really like. You know, somebody wants to buy me a gift. I love gift cards because we go use them. That's right. We do. I, I love Because then we have quality time together at the <laughs> restaurant. That's right. In fact, we're going to be using some of those gifts this weekend because Sarah's gone. She's at Give Kids the World, so we get to go out for eat every night this weekend. How <laughs> awesome is that? All right, but so the key behind gifts is it's the thought that counts. And if your spouse is struggling with what do they get you, just tell them. Here's some of the things I like. Like Martha, for the first 27 years of our marriage, I knew I could score every time a win in the love language column if I just brought home a bag of M&Ms. Mm-hmm. Now, you've kind of strayed away from the M&M thing. Um, they're there. They're just, I don't need them quite as often. You I used know, to buy age, you five pound bags yeah, at a time. Age has made me have to slow down on how many M&Ms I can eat. <laughs> so, so, but that was a gift that you used to like all the time because you used to like that. I, I, you know, what, what is it now that I could bring home that oh, you really I, like? I still like M&Ms. Don't, you don't oh, have do. to stop. No, that's now fine. She, here's what I, I do I, like chocolate. For, so. Food, one of the things she really loves, if I bring home Panda Express orange chicken. Oh, That's yeah. a free advertisement right there, Panda Express. It was. It was. So, yes, I definitely like it. And, and really, maybe that translates into acts of service because then I don't have to cook. Right. So, you so I'm like cooking. Me right. Well, that's a great know. segue. That's a great segue. It we'll is. go into acts of service. Now, acts of service, again, this is something I grew up doing. Didn't know that acts of service is one of the things that I love to perform. It's not. Um, 
you know, it's not my number one love language because I hate it when people do stuff for me, but it's the number one way I love to show love for people. I love to do things for people. I mean, I don't mind spending time with them. I love doing that. I don't mind giving them words of affirmation, but I really like serving people. It's just the way I grew up. Yeah, I think you're you're very good at that. And I think also because maybe you're capable, there are a lot of things you're able to do. You can fix a car pretty well. You can, you know, use some tools and, and maybe there's a door that's loose on a neighbor's house or something. You fix, help them with that. We do a lot of stuff around our neighborhood. And I think it just kind of goes hand in hand with you're able to do a lot of things. So you actually use that as a way to speak love into other people. Well, and what's funny is that gift, that, that language was built up in me because I, I lived in a house where my dad... My dad's workshop was always messy, and I could never find anything I needed in there. And so I'd always straighten it up. And that was an act of service, but I just, because I like to find things where they are. Like, if somebody comes to my house and they need to find a certain tool, it's right where it needs to be. We know right where it is. That's right. And my children and my wife know right to put it back again. But acts of service, (laughs) because I can serve people, it just, I don't know, it seems like a visual symbol being able to show Christ's love to people because I can help them because I've been given talents. But one of the things that we've been warned against in the um, five love languages is to be careful not to just do for other people what you want done for you. Um, again, you, it's easy for you to serve through acts of service <laughs> because you're good at that. But if neither of our kids cared about acts of service and they just wanted your quality time, you got to be careful that you tailor your the love you're speaking to those others in your home. So you're saying I can stop doing the laundry because I want my laundry done for me? No. <laughs> service is my love language. Oh, so I can do your laundry, but I don't have to do Sarah's because Sarah, <laughs> Sarah's love language is not acts of service. And Joshua's moved out and married now. Amelia's got to worry about that. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So that's gifts. Let's talk about acts of service, now about physical touch. Now, this is one of those ones. Let me just say this, listening audience. This Physical touch is not about sex. And we're not going to talk about sex today. We'll have shows. We'll talk about that because that's important within a married relationship. That's how God designed it. It's very good within marriage. But physical touch within the love language is is not about sex. Martha, what is physical touch all about? Um, It is about showing that you care by really leaning into that person, whether it's a pat on the back, a hug, um, some way to really acknowledge that you're there present in the moment with them and affirming them through that physical touch. So it can be very appropriate um, for you to pat somebody on the back and, you know, give them an attaboy. And that really speaks volumes to them. I think maybe that's where it came from on the football field. Yeah, but they don't pat them on the back. They're just patting them on the keister. All right, so physical touch, for some people, they just, you know, those are people, you'll know people that are physical touching because they're always wanting a hug. You know, and really, at home, it's your kids. They're always wanting to sit on your lap. They're wanting a hug. They're playing with your hair. Uh, They're rubbing your arm. They want to wrestle all the time. I mean, your kids that are physical touch, you know because they're always hanging on you. They like it. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, moms, physical touch is not their uh, love language because they are being clinged to. They have Klingon disease. All their, the time. Their all kids day long. are clinging on them all the time. That's right. I thought it was interesting. One of the things that I read was that um, physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in a relationship. So for that person that that's important to them, that's how they know that they are safe in that relationship. Because... Honestly, to have physical touch, you do need to, like you said earlier, you need to be near each other. It's kind of like the quality time thing. You can't have physical touch if you're not 
near each other. So there's security because then you know that person is around you. And, uh, you know, I would not have thought of that because it's not one of my love languages. Although I love to hug, and that really means a lot to me in a relationship when somebody hugs me back because, um, to me, that is kind of an affirmation of friendship and security so no and, and there are the, the thing is this gets to be a weird thing in a guy world because there are some guys that are physical touch that's their love language i got my buddy robert who's been on the show many times that guy loves to hug people and like robert okay okay that's enough that's enough <laughs> uh, so it, it's it's not for everybody and you have to be sensitive to the other person you know sometimes just a really nice handshake is just fine a pat on the back or whatever but it is you know physical touch in the appropriate way is meaningful. And so that could just be holding hands. You know, when we walk on the beach, we like to hold mm-hmm. hands. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, because physical touch used to be a little higher on my list. Now that I've grown older, a little more sensitive in Christ, words of affirmation have ranked their way up there. Yeah. But, you know, we I love to hold your hand. I've always loved holding your hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, that's really meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a lot of fun. We've been talking about the five love languages in our homes, with our spouses, with our families, and how to apply them, how to recognize them. And there's a lot of information here. I can't to emphasize more than anything, get the book. You can get it at Kara's Christian Books and Gifts and many other places, but you need to get the book. When Martha and I are working with married couples who are struggling in their marriage, and maybe they're just struggling, they're not like on the edge of divorce, but they're just struggling, we take them through two books almost immediately. Number one, we take them through the five love languages because sometimes wives just aren't feeling loved and they need to know, the husband needs to know how to show their wives love. And then we take him through love and respect because sometimes a husband just feels disrespected by, by his wife and his wife has no idea. Mm-hmm. And a man's primary need is to be respected and a woman's primary need is to be loved. It's scriptural and it is biological. That's the way we were built. And so in order for a husband to know how to love his wife, he needs to know where love language is. So these two books are powerful. And if you want to have a healthy marriage, you need to understand those two concepts very, very well. And bringing that back to business is the fact that if you were trying to do better in your job, you would study, you would get some books, you would read up on how to do your job better. And your job of being a spouse or a leader in your home is the, is so important. Take some time to invest in it and really make a difference. Yeah, it is so important. And I know from the time we're 20 to the time we're 65, we spend more time at work and sleeping than we do with our families. But when we retire, if you get the privilege of retiring or when you're on vacation together, (laughs) you need to know how to relate with your family. And your family needs to know that you care about them because screwed up kids today are screwed up most of the time because their parents didn't take time to invest in them because dad left or mom left or there was sin involved or whatever it may be. We need to build up our spouses to make our marriages strong so we can make our kids strong because strong marriages make strong families. Strong families make strong churches and strong churches can change America. And we all know this country could use some help because, (laughs) oh my word, are we a mess. Okay, so... 5lovelanguages.com, and that's the number 5, 5lovelanguages.com, is where you can find out all kinds of this information. That's right. If you go to the um, website, 5lovelanguages.com, you will see five little images. One represents each love language, and right underneath it, it says, Discover Your Love Language. And this is a really good place to go to start and just take this very quick online test and um, be able to come up with 
what your top love language is. Now, now Mike, you were going on the website to uh, check out the test. Did you finish your test yet? That's right. No, yeah, I sure did. I just finished it not too long ago. And what is your number one love language, Michael? Okay, well, um, basically, like Martha was saying, it's super easy. It takes, like, maybe a couple of minutes, about 20 questions or so. And it says right here... Um, uh, the highest score indicates your primary love language, and it's all scored. The highest score you can get is 12, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, my number one, do you guys want to wager a guess, possibly? Oh. Mm, boy, you know, I haven't studied you enough to know this. Let me think about this. Uh, acts of service. That's a good one. But uh, that was number five. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're so good at serving me, I thought maybe that was your number one. My well, number I would, I would one. take a yeah. words of affirmation. That's correct. Yeah. Nice. Well, that would have been my second guess. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. So, uh, words of affirmation. What number did you get on that? 11 on that 11. one. 11. Same right. as me. Quality time, number eight. Or uh, I got a score of eight. eight with quality time. So, my okay. second one. Um, acts of service and receiving gifts were tied at five. Okay. And then physical touch was the last one. Very All right. Good. So, you, go ahead. Were you surprised by that? I was not, no. It seems pretty accurate. Okay, very yeah. good. It's kind of fun to, in a sense, get affirmed in what you really, you know, what speaks to you. And sure. be able to go, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. Now, what's really important is you take that information home and you talk to Sarah about that. And say, honey, now I know we can set the date because I'm going to have you take your five love language <laughs> test. And and you've got, you now know what you're, so now you can set the date because now you know each other's love languages. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. So, that's right. Now he turns his mic off. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you go to fivelovelanguages.com and not only, so it's got the breakout of each one of the languages with some explanation. But I think we should affirm Mike. Way to did go, a Mike. Really good you job. did a nice job. Thanks for doing that Thank homework you. while you're doing the board. Now, now you can work on finding a miracle song. Okay. <laughs> all right. But on there, there's also all the tests. The tests for children. The tests for, um, is there one for children and elementary kids? Yeah, there's a couple different breakdowns. A couple of different there. breakdowns for little kids. Then there's one for teenagers. Then there's one for singles. Then there's one for husbands. And then there's one for wives. And they're all different because every, they're, they're similar but different. And we've got one, uh, like the number one question on the husband's test is, uh, you have to choose between these two phrases. I wish my wife would send me a love note or text or email for no special reason. Or, I would like more hugs for my wife. Well, for me, that's a tough one. Hmm. Um, I like love notes. I keep everyone, all the ones you put on pussy notes, I put on the back of the medicine cabinet. I but I like hugs too. But so I'd have to, you have to, the tough part about this one, you have to choose one or the other. So I'm going to go with uh, hugs. All right. Okay. So, but in the women one, the number one question is um, I would love to get a funny email from my husband, or I wish my husband would hug me more. Wow, those are really tough ones. <laughs> so, what does that what does that laugh mean? <laughs> well, it's funny that they didn't expand on it like they did on the husband's one. They said a text or an email, or did you embellish it? Nope, I did not. Okay, that just they shows just that asked the women if you want simpler. a funny email. We're just simpler people. <laughs> okay, so which think, one would you choose, honey? Um, in this situation, I would probably. Oh, I don't have time to read all the emails, so probably a hug. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's the thing is when you're taking it, is you just really do need to kind of go with it. And the, the printed out one is a little different than the online one. It's not as specific husband, wife, and that kind of stuff. There's, so a, there, yeah, there's, there's one for husbands and there's one for wives on the online, isn't there? I didn't. It didn't select. That's where I got these, it. right off right Yeah, off this line. is the downloadable one, not how you do it online. Oh, there's okay. There's an interactive one online. Right. So there's an interactive one. There's also the downloadable one. one. There's that's lots right. of different ones. And that's. 
So we think this is so important. We've been doing this up at Cherokee Cove, uh, Tennessee. We're bringing this to First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on the 3rd of August for families. We're inviting families to come check out their love languages, not only for the spouses, but for the children. And we're inviting in 80 families. That's right. Period. we got a limited at 80 families. And what are the rest of the details on the night? Um, well, we'll be joining together as families for the beginning of the evening, and then we'll break up into age-appropriate groups because they all take their tests a little bit differently and spend time with their teachers doing some crafts and learning what their um, love language is and ways to remember what their love language is and tell their mom and dad what it is. And then we'll come back at the end of the evening for um, a family craft that then can be hung up on the fridge or something to help remind each other what their love languages are so that they can try to to better put it into practice. All right. And so that's it. If you want to find out more information. Oh, and there's food involved. That's right. There's water and iced tea and pizza involved. So that's that's awesome. So, and that's on August the 3rd from 3.30 till 8.30 at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. And if you want to find out more information, just go to IndianRocks.org. That's IndianRocks.org. And you'll find the Five Love Languages Retreat, Five Love Languages Family Event on Um, August the 3rd. August the 3rd. Okay. All right. So final words on the Five Love Languages, because obviously we could have talked about this for five days. We could have, and that would have been a lot of fun. Um, But one of the things that I think is really important is to understand that um, this whole idea of filling your family and your friends love tanks with appropriate love language. And one of the things that I read was that kids little love tanks are kind of like a sippy cup. It needs to be refilled (laughs) often. So, you know, just spending one afternoon with them on Saturday doesn't keep their love tank full all week long. And so then the same thing for adults that um, we have a little bigger love tanks and um, that might last a little bit longer. But to really think about it that way, you have to fill a tank often, just like our gas tanks. If they get empty, you need to refill them. And that's how marriages end up in trouble. If love tanks aren't getting refilled and refilled and refilled, Sooner or later, the tank runs empty and bitterness starts to grow and and disconnect starts to grow and it destroys marriages. And if it goes neglected long enough, people all of a sudden start to convince themselves, I'm not sure I love that person ever because they never show me any love. And it it starts to just disintegrate. Discontent. All right. So here's a way to fix all that. If you and your spouse aren't getting enough time together, just picture this, if you will. The sun is shining in a clear blue. Ocean waves are passing by as the Royal Caribbean, Brilliance of the Seas cruise ship, sails between Tampa and Cozumel. You can almost smell the salt air now as we talk about our plans for the upcoming second annual Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat, sponsored by I Work For Him. This isn't just for couples who have marriages in trouble. This is for couples who want to invest in their marriages. Just like this, talking about the five love languages. February 5th through the 9th, 2015 will be a time when you and your spouse can get away to invest in your marriage. No dishes to do, no sporting events to attend, no cell phones to answer, just a few days together in a beautiful environment with purposeful discussions on ways to make your marriage strong, as well as plenty of time for those private discussions and alone time built right into the schedule. Plan now to join us for this much-anticipated retreat. Find all the details on our website, iworkforhim.com, iworkforhim.com. On Thursday's show, we'll be continuing our discussion on this week's theme, All We Need Is Love. We'll be talking with Jim Collins about walking in love in the workplace. No, not that Jim Collins. That would be really cool, the good to great guy. It's the other Jim Collins who wrote the book, that we're going to talk about on Thursday. Walking in love in the workplace. All right, the I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. If you'd like to be one of those Tampa Bay or nationwide companies supporting the vision of I Work For Him, please contact me, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. And on the I Work For Him website, you'll find all 
kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and recommended reading resources for incorporating Christ into your workplace. I'd like to thank my beautiful wife, Martha, for coming by my side today and being co-host as we discuss the five love languages. These 28 years have gone by so fast, I can't imagine what the next 28 years will be like being on the radio with you. (laughs) We might be a little more tired by then. We might be. (laughs) All right, I hope this has made a huge impact on you and your family. Please take time to like us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.